Welcome back, creepies, to another spine-tingling episode of Encounters with the Darkness. But remember, we're not just the podcast, okay? We're also the paranormal group who dwells into the mysteries that lie beyond the veil. As far as the podcast goes, I'm your host, Ashley Greathouse, and you might want to go grab some coffee because tonight we have a special guest. Allow me to introduce you to someone who knows a thing or two about unearthing the supernatural secrets hidden in the Deep South. Joining us is none other than the remarkable A.G. Porter, a talented author of YA paranormal thrillers and more. But before we get too excited about exploring all of the paranormal happenings that may or may not have inspired A.G.'s storytelling... Let's see if we can unearth some secrets about this author ourselves. So two truths and one lie for me is. Okay. Okay. I've spent a night in jail. I've been on a private jet and I have a deep, deep fear of heartbeats. Oh, Okay, let me think of the one lie. Uh, maybe the second one's the lie? Am I okay. wrong? <laughs> you are wrong. You are wrong. Oh, no. I have... <laughs> so I've never spent a night in jail. That was my lie. Oh, okay. <laughs> You'll have to tell me about the heartbeat thing later. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, I've got a, a serious fear of heartbeats, which is funny for my profession. Like, I kind of right? have to monitor those things. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is so strange but you know we're all strange people so that's okay <laughs> we are so do you guys have, have our- two truths <sighs> i'm like am i interesting enough for two truths in one life <laughs> <You I'm> like, <laughs> okay i have um been in a beauty pageant as I'm a huge lover of music, I have a song that has been recorded, and I have met members of it. Oh, I am definitely going to call shenanigans on NSYNC. Oh, that's not true. I have met NSYNC before. <laughs> I'm so jealous, but in the best positive way ever. So my lie, my lie mm-hmm. is... Um, the uh the song i wish <laughs> i do have songs like written down but i've never had it recorded before it would be cool though <laughs> oh see i could just picture you being an artist like of musical <laughs> talents as well so i was like i freaking believe that 100 <laughs> percent it's like i love poetry and i feel like songs today are like the poets today songwriters today are, are our poets today any like singer songwriter stuff i'm all i'm all for it um so i have like i've written several uh well i say several i'm about to write another poetry book so i have a couple of poetry books published and some of them um started out as songs in my head and since i can't play anything besides the clarinet they've just never been 
<laughs> so, um, but in my head, like when I read them, even now when I read them, I can hear the music in my head. I just wish I could like talk to a songwriter or something and get them recorded. <laughs> right? Oh, there's so many on TikTok that would probably be so game, so game. No, I need to, I need to read more. I'm just like mm, they're gonna hate this. <laughs> no, I'm gonna love and, it. <laughs> as a fellow clarinetist. <laughs> Is that what we're called? <laughs> sure, clarinet. That's how I like it. <laughs> I think that we should bring this back. You know what? Squidward really like did some damage. <laughs> he did to what we're capable all of. What is it? All clarinetists are evil <laughs> and grumpy. Yeah. That part might be ac- You know that. That checks out. That checks out. I'm grumpy. It does check out, right? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but we don't sound like a dying cat, you know? Like, I feel like... Yeah, no. The clarinet is a beautiful instrument. We'll attest that. Even though I'm a little, bi- a little biased, um, I Me love playing too. it in school. I did marching band and played clarinet for, for like several years of my, my high school. And then I also did concert band uh, playing clarinet. And I just... I just have always loved woodwind instruments, so I'm a huge band nerd. Except for the oboe. I think that that was designed by (laughs) Satan himself. It's magic, for starters. You have to be a wizard. Speaking of some witchcraft, I hear through through the grapevine, someone tells me that you know an Ava Black. Oh I my do, gosh. And, and she may be dabbling in some uh, dark arts. Is that what I hear? She might be. Yeah, she might oh. be. She might have it in her. It's kind of in her blood a little bit. Some witchiness. Her ancestors are from the Beothic tribe from uh, Canada, native tribe there. Mm-hmm. And her, the leaders of her tribe were a lot of them were women. And you know what, what people can quote unquote the medicine women. They led that tribe. They were very uh, into you know the natural way of doing things and natural powers and things like that so yeah she's she's dabbled here and there (laughs) yeah (laughs) so she's not an evil sorceress everyone the rumors were false ava black they were she's good good (laughs) ava good yes (laughs) Uh, but she does come in contact she does come in contact with those who are and um that's kind of like where her her battle begins is good versus evil but here's the here's the catch you know there's always that fine line that you have to walk between good and evil right oh yeah a dance on it she has to right yeah exactly has to know she has to come into these these and she could do really good things with them or she could do really bad things with them and um you know we have to kind of control our temper when it comes to comes to things like that because like whenever you if you have those abilities like about all the, pe- the bad people in the world and all the people who's wronged you what you could do with them you know like do you seek revenge or do you use it so I completely dig that because it definitely plays into realism, which I think is really important whenever we're dabbling in the fantasy realm to make it as real as possible. And even though none of us have magical powers, unfortunately, we're still living a very much (laughs) Ava Black life. You know what I mean? Like we have to keep our anger in check and we're constantly being tested by those around us. Mm -hmm. So does Mm -hmm. does Ava have a little bit of anger management issues? Is this something that someone struggling with might find some use? Yeah. And I think it comes from, it comes from a number of places because 
you know, Ava was like kind of like top of the food chain for a while there. You know, people looked up to her as powerful and strong and beautiful and didn't think that anything she did was was bad, you know. And then some, it, something came along and knocked her, knocked her down a peg or two and made her realize that, you know, especially being a young girl, that popularity, people liking you, they have to like you for the right reason, right? To your true self. Yes. It's not the persona that you put on. And the persona that she was putting on was not not very nice. You know, she was kind of cruel. And then here comes these debilitating migraines and she's wondering what the heck is happening. So her whole life gets turned upside down by this health issue that she has going on, this health scare. And like people who she thought were her friends were no longer her friends because she wasn't offering what she offered before. Um, mm -hmm. So, well, my whole world is, is gone. Uh, people who I thought were friends are now my bullies. And she is, a, you know, she's a girl of mixed background. She's Hispanic and she's native and she goes to predominantly white school in the south and so her perceived you know i'm great i'm good it all comes tumbling down when these people who were her friends are now not her friends and treating her like crap you know so it's she deals with a lot of bullying on from that regard of who she is the color of her skin and mm. uh, like some harassment from an ex-boyfriend so she has a lot of anger built up inside of her at herself too she's kind of angry at herself for allowing these people to i don't know like rule her life because she didn't realize that's what they were doing and, and so she's coming so to realize real world it is yeah. And so she's coming to realize like, hey, I was a crap person. I need to change because I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like these people in peak in high school and, you know, right. be jerks for my entire life. So she has a lot. She has a lot going on for her when this power of hers comes to comes to fruition. And, and she comes to realize like who she is and what she is, uh, where she comes from kind of thing. I, I adore that on so many different levels because I myself um, put a lot of blame on horrible things that happen in my work on the supernatural mm -hmm. because a lot of the horrible aspects that are going on are actually not caused per se by the paranormal. It's generally people because people are the biggest mm -hmm. monsters on this planet yeah. but because i can't wrap my head around what would cause a person to actually do these things i do a paranormal or what have mm -hmm. you twist on it because i i can't understand how another person could cause so much harm to another living being right i just i yeah. have to explain it away with well <laughs> there was this paranormal <laughs> entity that you know just kind of worked demons. their way. <laughs> it was the demons. You got demons in your blood, you know. <laughs> but oh, you might I hear. You it's running through here. <laughs> yes, future the writers, right there. Love right. It. <laughs> so, in your story, there mm -hmm. are a lot. Like you, like you pointed out, there are a lot of entities. There are a lot of mystical things that are going on. Has there been anything that you, on the mystical side of life? Has there been anything that you've experienced that kind of inspired bits and pieces of the um, paranormal aspects? Oh, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> it's like, where Ooh. do I start? 
<laughs> it's getting juicy, juicy. Well, I can tell you my very first experience with um, the paranormal. Ooh. And I was probably, I want to say six years old when, and we had just moved to this, this house. And it was probably, we were probably there maybe, I don't know, a week at the most. And... Now, I didn't know then, but like from the first day that we moved in, like my parents were already experiencing things and I, I didn't know. They didn't tell us. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember like, I don't know if, like, if your parents ever did this to you, but my mom would always come in like at random points of the night, I guess just to check on us. I do that to the boys, like check on us, oh, yeah. make sure we're still breathing, make sure we're okay, yep. make sure we're still in our room, you know? And so I was kind of used to, because I'm such a light sleeper, I was kind of used to like her coming in there and being like, oh, just checking on you, you know, looking and kind of waking me up. So it ha that happened one night. I heard someone come into my room and like flip the light on and she didn't usually flip the light on. It was always just like her peeking in, like she flipped the light on. So it really woke me up and I'm thinking, well, what's, you know, what's wrong? Something's going on. So I raised up in the bed and, and like our room had bunk beds. So I was on the bottom bunk and my older sister was on the top bunk. And so the way I had to raise up was kind of like actually sit up and look around so I could see who was coming through the door. And when I raised up and looked, it was not my mother. <laughs> It was, bum, bum, bum. I know, it was a young girl. It, it, it was so, like, oh God, it's so scary to think about because like she was like young, like a child young, almost, I guess, close to my age, close to six years old. And she was just completely white. Like there was no color in her whatsoever. Like her hair, her face, her clothes, everything was just white. And the only color or lack thereof that I could see was her face. And it was because she had no eyes. It was just black holes. Oh. And it scared me to death. And it was so, like, I just, as a six-year-old, you're just thinking, well, if they, if I can't see it, it can't see me. So I'm just going to cover up my head. <laughs> so that's what I did. I just covered up my head and just was praying like, oh God, I don't know what this is, but please let it go away. And I was trying to like scream for my mom and my dad, but I was so frightened. Like my voice was gone. There was just no screaming for me because I was so scared. Like I just, I guess my little brain just, I don't know, my little body, I just eventually just, the light went off, which was horrible because <laughs> I'm like, now I'm in complete darkness. And eventually I just went to sleep, you know, just eventually fell asleep. And the next oh. day I told my mom and dad about it. And they were just like, oh God, because they had been, you know, already experiencing stuff. The very, very first experience that I had with the paranormal was that. That's a terrifying and, first experience. Yes, it was awful. <laughs> Like, oh, now as an adult, this is so interesting to me. As an adult, have you ever looked further into this entity? No. Okay, so I'm going to, okay, this is probably weird for some people, but to me, this is what I think because we've lived in a few places um, and it always seems like every place that we've lived, there's been something happen, mm -hmm. like some kind of experience that I've had, my sisters have had, my parents have had. And it almost makes me think like either we are very, pers you know, very open to that sort of mm -hmm. thing or there's something following us. <laughs> 
like it's one or the other <laughs> because I, I like the latter i like i like to imagine that this little girl ghost was just like are you guys okay your mom checks on you a lot but she never turns light on so how can she see here i'll get right this. let me help her I, out <laughs> i got it this night why is she crying <laughs> yeah that was the only time that now we, while we were in this house that was the only time i saw the, the little girl. I had other experiences in that house, which was not fun. I had like a male entity scare the crap out of me before. Yes, that was one of the most, like the little girl scared me, don't get me wrong, but that was probably one of the most, like I didn't feel like evil from the little girl, but from the man I did. Like I felt something dark because we, my mom, like I said, we're, we're all very spiritual people. I, I do feel like we're very open to, to things. And maybe that's why we experience things the way that we do. One, I remember one night my mom was telling us, like she woke us up in the middle of the night. My mom and my dad woke us up in the middle of the night and was like, I want all of you guys. So I have a huge family, by the way. <laughs> I have like four sisters and a brother. So there was, there was six of us kids and she woke all nice. of us up and she was like, I want all of you to come into the living room and I want you to sleep there and we're like what the heck is going on she was really really paranoid because we live like out in the country we have like maybe three neighbors out where we were and like tons of woods tons of land and there were these dogs all from who knows where howling and whining and like making a big ruckus so mom and dad was like what the heck is going on this is really you know really scary mm -hmm. and like my grandmother on my dad's side um she is also very it's like my my hispanic side she is very i, I don't know i feel like like that that side of the family i feel like they really did dabble in witchcraft a lot so i felt like they were very open to a lot of like uh superstition and mm -hmm. um just like things that if this if this happens then this is a sign you know what I mean like that kind of way yeah so my grandma had always told my my mom like if you hear dogs crying like that that means that they sense death so she got scared that we were like in separate rooms of the house so she made us all go in one room that night so she could keep an eye on us we were like okay you know like i said i'm really young so we go my sister and my older sister and i like make this like little pallet on the floor and we eventually fall asleep i hear this noise and i wake up because i'm thinking it's my dad because my dad would get up really early in the morning because we live like on a farm he would get up really early in the morning and go and take care of the animals and stuff i was thinking well i'll just get up with daddy you know because I'm already yeah. awake. I'll just get up with him and go. Well, when I opened my eyes to look, it was not my dad. <laughs> it was just a dark figure standing there, but I knew it was a man. And he was standing there looking at me and my sister. Like, even though I couldn't see his face, I couldn't see any features of him. I could just see the silhouette, the shadow of a man knowing. And I knew that he was looking at me. Like, I don't know how I knew that, but I just knew it. And I, the sense of dread that washed over me, like I just can't explain it, like how scared I was knowing that if that man could, he would hurt me, you know? Scared me senseless, <laughs> scared me so bad. And the only, like the, I know that none of it was funny, but the only thing that makes me laugh about it now was that my older sister was like wrapped up in our blanket with the blanket we were sharing. She was wrapped up in our blanket like a freaking burrito. So oh. I couldn't even like get the cover to pull it over my head. She was like, nah. 
So, and again, in my little kid brain was like, if you, if you can't see it, then it can't see you. So I'm like, it worked for the little girl, you know, <laughs> I'm going to put this cover over my head and then it's going to be okay. And so I had like a little, like a little triangle piece of blanket that I just stuck over my face. Thinking You're like, this oh, counts. This yeah, counts. this is going to save me. <laughs> I love little um, kid logic. Little kid logic is like some engineering stuff right there. It really is. It really is. And I was just like laying there like with that little corner over my face. And I heard, you know, what was so weird. Actually, it's like the noise that woke me up was very specific. It was just like this very specific noise. And then I heard that, that exact same noise again. And then when I look, I was like, is he, I felt like, like, I felt like he was gone. So when I looked again, he was, he wasn't there. I'm just thinking, well, I don't know what that noise was, but it was like, it, it was like a noise. Maybe I guess that he made when he appeared or disappeared. I don't know. I know that's, I know that's so hard to, to think about or, or to, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but it was very, very specific, well, you know, kind of like messing with the door. That was the noise yeah. that made me think of. That's why I thought it was my dad. Like, oh, there's someone opening the door. So it was like he went in and out a door. It was so strange. Ooh, and like a portal. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what it makes you think of, right? I'm like, oh, that's so creepy. So when he was gone, I just beelined it to my parents' room and was like, I'm sleeping with y'all tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Scoot Cow-cow. over. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, so um had several other experiences in that house. And then like when my parents finally told us that, you know, yeah, we probably lived in that house for maybe two years with off and on experiences going on. Like just not, not just me, like everyone in the house was experiencing things. And then when we finally moved, I'm thinking, oh, it's over. You know, there's, there's no more of that. It's going to happen. I was wrong. Right. <laughs> You're so wrong. <laughs> It was just a to be continued. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But to to kind of wrap us up a little bit, you have had so many paranormal. So the, like yeah. all of these have interweaved them themselves into your work, whether it's the emotions that were given to you during mm-hmm. these encounters with whatever these entities were and whatever purpose they had. I mean, in in a way, they're probably waiting for their dedication page in your next work. Am I right? Like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> like that little girl all the ghost who haunted me. <laughs> <laughs> you made you made this possible. <laughs> Thanks for scaring the sh- out of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I appreciate how it. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, and I Do just you- I, I feel like there. It's just like. I'm always going to have in I'm always going to have experiences. Does that make sense? Like I know that's daunting uh, yeah. probably to some people, but I just feel like it's it's nonstop, you know? I uh, no, I I 100% agree. That's kind of what fueled me to to kind of get out there in the field and do paranormal investigations is because they they're, they're going to find me regardless. So I might as well right? just cut the cut the distance a little bit and go and visit them sometimes you know you can't always be the friend that has the visitors sometimes you need to be the visiting yes but you know what all of this like you know experiences that i've had like if i don't get to haunt someone when i die i'm gonna be really mad (laughs) just one time i'll go into the light but first (laughs) like i have all these experiences if i don't get to do it in return it's just not gonna be fair oh 
on on that note what what would you do because my my one goal if i was to be able to become a ghost uh-huh is i i am a huge like justice person like that stuff will get me triggered you know what yeah. i mean like I, I would want to haunt somebody, but I would want to haunt someone who got away with something terrible. Ooh, and I just, like that. You, you know they kept some piece of evidence that's going to tie them to that right. case. And, and out of all the times in my house that I've been like, I know I laid my keys down right there. Where are my <laughs> keys now? Me like, today. I <laughs> I want to be that ghost that's just like your keys are right there. I'm just gonna move this right over here out in the open. <laughs> See, I would be the opposite. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I would be like, um, your keys are here, right here. You know, <laughs> not the ones that's like the little poltergeist that hides them. That's what I think. I have I have a poltergeist that just takes my keys and puts it places. <laughs> a little mischievous person, right? Home. I'm like, you are doing this. I know I put them there. <laughs> You're doing this on purpose. You know, you know they probably. Probably are. They could be doing big things right now, but that ghost is just right? like tee -hee. <laughs> Just after my keys. Just the one that's like tilting like the picture frames and all of that. <laughs> just slightly oh. askew and you like, you know, your eye twitches every time you look at it. I know yes. I fixed that. <laughs> They're just over there in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think I would want to. I would want to do the same. Like I would want to ha haunt someone who truly deserved it. You know. Oh yeah, I would. I and would like, want to mess with them psychologically on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, torture them first, and then leave the police over there to get them and arrest them. It's like you're not going to live the rest of your life in freedom. No way. I'll go haunt you in jail too. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I, I cut out at, like, the police get there, they find the evidence, and then I'm like, all right, bye, you know, dissipating into, like, the sunset or some shit. <laughs> but the AG's over here are like, you know what? No, no. I've got the time. <laughs> they, they got 25 to life, so, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Just the keep this started. going. <laughs> Like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> right? Oh, that's beautiful. The vigilante oh, ghost. <laughs> oh, there, there's a story idea right there. Right? I'm just, I'm I just gonna, feel like there gonna... should be, like, a ghost that goes and finds all the bad people. And, like, they just pick, like, this grouchy detective who's ready to retire to be the one to go and, like, solve <laughs> all these cases. <laughs> His retire they they just blew out the candles on his retirement cake. <laughs> the candle reignites. <laughs> Not today, buddy. Mm -mm. <laughs> I love it. Yes, please. And it's like just oh. pops in like while he's sleeping. Like, hey, I got another one for you. <laughs> yep, there's one more. There's one more. He's on his deathbed like 50 years later. One more. No. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Like, uh -uh. <laughs> oh, this poor man. <laughs> he doesn't even exist, but I feel so bad. For right, him. me too. Oh, I love it. But I mean, that truly is a story that could be like a great series, you know? Like each oh, book is just the ghost, you know, getting on this old guy's nerves. <laughs> and then finally <laughs> they they solve it. <laughs> I love it. Do you have any future works in progress going on right now? 
I do. I do. <gasps> I have, um, I have too many, I think. Um, <laughs> they're always, the they're question, always, ain't it? well, um, two in particular that I can tell you about that has my, my interest, um, which I don't know if you do know, but I like, I released my first contemporary romance. They, and it, it does have BIPOC representation. That's like my big thing. It's small nice. town. But, yes. you know, there, there's always going to be, like, a Mexican-American in there somewhere. Um, I, it has those elements to it. And so I'm working on, like, my second one, my second contemporary romance. And it, and the um, the main character in that one is, like, a, a, a songwriter. And she's from Alabama. And uh, she's Mexican-American. And, like, she introduces her love interest to, like, all things, um, you know, Mexican American because he follows her to Alabama from California. Because <laughs> um, he's like, I love you. And she's like, go away. Um, it's so. like, nah. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> You're wrong. Um, so I, I love writing. I've loved writing about her so far. And then um, I am working on, it's a paranormal book, but it's more, it's not YA. It's more adult in the sense of the characters are older. Um, but it's set in 1970 Mexico City. And um, yeah, and it's about a Mexican-American girl who goes back home to, she's, well, she's, her family came from Mexico to America and she goes to her hometown in Mexico where her parents are from and where her best friend lives. And she visits, it's very tr like trigger warning for people, but it's like her friend goes through this traumatic experience and that's why she goes back. And while oh. she's there, she starts experiencing, um, you know, hauntings from, you know, the famous entity of La Llorona. So, um, she, yeah, it's very centered on that, you know, Mexican folklore. Um, so if no one knows who La Llorona is, then they need to look her up because that was like one of the first ghost stories my dad told me. And ever since then, I've just been traumatized by her, <laughs> but also very intrigued. <laughs> um, Isn't that so weird how we're like, this scares the crap out of me, but more. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> Let me know more. And so now I'm writing a story about, about it. Oh, so that's yeah, awesome. I'm very like very very focused on on those two so i just kind of like a genre hop i'm going all over the place right now um because oh, I, I just yeah. like well i wouldn't say just but i submitted like a fantasy short story to an anthology this is like my second um like high fantasy you know elves and dragons and you know trolls and stuff like that it's my second short story that's going into the uh, fantasy anthology so um yeah i'm just like i'm all over the place but i love it you know i think my my first yeah. love will always be paranormal i'm always going to go write a paranormal story but these other stories that are in my head. I'm totally fine with writing them too. <laughs> yeah, I'd say write them all. I definitely tried a genre hop. I never I never intended to write horror. I intended to write uh, more of a modern fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm broke, I think. I don't know. Just <laughs> the horror happens. I just... You can't, I, I mean, once you have, like, your, your thing, sometimes it's hard to go from it. And that's why, you know, because, like, the, the I've been writing since, and publishing, well, writing forever, but publishing since 2012. And, like, this is, the, this year is the first time I've written something that's contemporary romance. So, oh, that gives you know. me hope. <laughs> it, it'll, if it's in there, if the story's in there, it'll eventually come out. <laughs> 
Oh, that's good. That's good. Because I've tried a few times and then like halfway through it, I'll send it to like my editor and they're like, I thought you said. (laughs) (laughs) I know what I said. (laughs) That's not what happened. Exactly. (laughs) I promise I'm okay. (laughs) Like, but are are we? Who knows? I I don't know. I think all of us writers are just like a little bit, <laughs> a little bit mad, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit mad. Oh yeah, even especially, and I'm not, I'm not trying to call no one out right now, but especially children's authors. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not wrong, <laughs> right? I, I know so many, love them all dearly. If you all are listening, but I've gotten a lot of really messed up ideas from them from them i'm like don't you write like happy things about dinosaurs and stuff but okay (laughs) all right (laughs) you know there are a lot of children's books that i remember reading and going back and reading them like to my to my kids i'm like this is a messed up story man (laughs) what were we thinking reading this as children why did my parents let me read this (laughs) oh my gosh yeah the the cat the, the 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 mice you, does anyone know what story I'm talking about? The mice end up eating the cat. They oh god, put it in an no, oven and know. bake it. It's an I old children's tale. As a kid, I was like, I love this story, and then as an adult, I stumbled apro- upon it, and I was like, Oh my god, like, this is messed up. <laughs> mice, wow. Right. Like I, I read um, the Wizard of Oz to my kids for the first time, and I've never read that book before. I've always just watched the movie, you know? But we <laughs> found this Wizard of Oz pop-up book, and so they wanted to read it. I'm like, okay, let's read it. That is, a, I mean, even the movie's messed up, mm-hmm. but the story is messed, is even more messed up. Yeah. I'm just like, this is really dark for a kid's book. <laughs> yeah, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yes! Messed up. like... It's, it's really crazy. But you know what? I think that we give, we, we need to give kids more credit, like even give ourselves more credit when we were younger thinking like, why did I read this? This is crazy. Um, because it's like, even though we have kids have this innocence about them, they still realize what goes on in the world. They know that there's bad things in the world. Oh yeah. You know? So um, I think it kind of like helps us, like even as kids helped us cope with like the dark times because like this generation of kids i mean they had the pandemic to go through they had like other like just civil unrest in this country to an extent that i don't think even we saw as children Mm -hmm. um and so it's like it kind of helps them cope like you know yeah there's bad things in this world but there's also like magic and fantasy and hope and um so it's like they they realize it (laughs) they know what's up (laughs) They do. Kids kids are so smart. It's like the, the teenagers of today's time, and, and, and I'm not just saying that because I have a teenage son, but they are so incredibly just focused. Like, yes. I really believe that they're going to change so many things for the better. Not to no, put I that agree. burden 100%. on them. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're going to do it. They, they are the chosen ones. I'm just they have back to be. here I'm like, on. <laughs> you guys have to be. The world yep. is falling apart. <laughs> the earth is dying. We need you guys to step up. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I am so excited for your two upcoming releases. I, I, 
take up titles pending and dates yes and all of yes that. um they're they're definitely pending titles and like the the la Llorona one is like it's just i'm not even anywhere near close to finishing that one and i'm about halfway through like the romance one so you know we'll get there eventually oh yeah <laughs> oh and there's always things that come up that we don't we don't take into consideration could even be something that would impose on our writing journey or publishing and and it happens it happens so you guys are just going to have to stalk ag porter out which are in the exactly. links below <laughs> and then if you follow her on everything you'll know exactly you'll know when they're released i'm totally okay with you guys stalking me as long as it's author and book related <laughs> Yes, yes, guys. I know we say stay creepy, but we know that there are limitations to how creepy exactly. we are allowed to be. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Please check out all the links down below so you can, in fact, stalk away Miss A.G. Porter. A huge thank you for her for coming onto the show and sharing her personal experiences. And until next time. Stay creepy.